Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Joined by my co-host today, Joey Ikes. We're working off a big win against the Los Angeles Rams uh, last week, and we're going to get into the – I know we said this a few weeks ago, the San Francisco matchup, but but one a lot of people have circled is the, the bigger game of the year. Obviously, they play the Eagles twice, so that, that later game in the season could be just as impactful. But uh, another measuring stick test for the Cowboys coming off, you know, a, a, a big convincing win against a – uh, not great Rams team, but not a bad Rams team. A Rams team that I think was playing quietly well above expectations coming into the year. So uh, we're going to get into this Eagles matchup here in a few, but we'll talk briefly on what happened last week against the Rams before we get into that. Before we do, Joey, do you guys have a fun Halloween night with kids? Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, got out and got all the uh, all, all the candy. And, um, you know, I've got younger ones still. So we finished up pretty early. They got tired after, you know three or four blocks of walking up and down the street and the, it was a little chilly last night. So, uh, but yeah, we had a great time. The kids did awesome. They had fun. So it was good. We're obviously in a much better mood this week, you know, coming off a, I mean, they, they, they beat the chargers week prior and we came on here and was like, yeah, it was a win, but man, we don't feel great about it. But man, a lot of the things we talked about last week, and that's what I wanted to dive into first is a lot of the things that we sat on the show last week and broke down, wanting to see less Gallup, more Tolbert, um, wanting to see more motion, wanting to see, you know, a little bit more of this offense returning to what we're used to it seeing. I thought we got, I'm not saying all of it, but we got, a, it looked like a different offense. Um, I'm not saying they completely changed tides and went from one, you know, extreme to the other, but a lot of the things that we were hoping and looking to see, it looked like they started incorporating in a little bit more. So that's kind of where I wanted to start and uh, kind of, you know, put the question out there. Are we, are we feeling like this offense made the adjustments we were hoping to see? And we think that's what it's going to be going forward. Or do we think that's just what they were doing against the Rams to attack the defense that they were facing? That's the kind of question I want to propose right now. Yeah. So the, the hope, right. Is that they went into the bye week and kind of said, okay, the stuff that we were, that we came into the year with the idea that we were going to do, the way we were going to hang our hat coming into the year didn't work the way that we hoped it would or wanted it to. So what what can we do to adjust? How can we, you know, X, Y, Z? And they made some really legitimate changes. And, you know, a lot of people were 
hopeful that stuff like the big changes would come out of the bye week. Um, but you hear a lot of, you know, former players, former coaches talk about how there really isn't that much big change that comes out of the bye week. It's mostly like, hey, you know, we've got this tendency that every time we line up in this formation or run this motion, we do this thing. And that's how they're picking us up on that stuff. But the Cowboys went in and they did a few things that, you know, stood out in a really big way to me and stood out in a big way to some other folks that, um, that from my perspective, made a huge difference. The first one is they changed the way they used C.D. Lamb in this game. Yep. And so historically, you know, for most of his career, C.D. Lamb has been a guy who's played either, you know, the Z receiver or the slot, you know, F or H, whatever the team calls him in that particular offense. Um, and he's been that guy. He's been sort of the move around guy that's part of the bunch, part of the motion, all that kind of stuff. And they took C.D. Lamb this week and essentially traded positions between him and Michael Gallup. And they put CD on the back side of a lot of these three by one formations where he was the one on one guy isolated against a cornerback away from the formation. That's how you get the first touchdown to CD on the uh, sort of the, you know, the in route post glance kind of route is he's isolated on the backside and he just beats his guy. And how easy does that make offense when you just put your best receiver against a guy you know he can beat? and just say, go beat him, and I'll throw you the ball. Like, that's offense. And the thing is, that's why Michael Gallup has gotten so many targets in this offense. Right. Is because when because offenses are made to, a lot of times, especially these old-school offenses, like what the Cowboys have, is made to target the X receiver a lot. Because you'll, you'll put these concepts together on the front side of the play, on the three-by-one side, and then you'll have a slant or a go or some or a comeback on the backside to your ex. And you're kind of telling your ex, go beat your guy. And if I like the matchup, I'm going to throw it over there. And that's why you get C.D. Lamb with 12 targets or whatever it was this week is because Dak looks over there and goes, oh, C.D.'s better than that, dude. I'll just throw it over there. And you see him win on a slant, catch the ball, first down. You see him win on kind of a deep post, touchdown. You see him win on a go route, big play over the top you know, contested catch. And that's what this offense had none of with Michael Gallup playing over there. And all of a sudden you do that. And then it also puts you in position to put Brandon Cooks in some of those advantageous type looks that you were creating for CD Lamb. So now you have a primary receiver at your X wide receiver spot and a complimentary receiver in kind of that move Z slot role that you and I talked about a lot in the draft season, right? When we were talking about, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba and stuff like that, yeah. where now you can create opportunities for Brandon Cooks with concept and let CD beat up on a corner who's not as good as him. Now that won't work every week because there's going to be some corners that you're going to play that are really good that are going to do that are going to make it harder on CD to just line up out there and go. But that's when you just stick Michael Gallup over there and you say, okay, we're just not throwing the ball over there, and we're going to build everything around 88 and 3 over here on the other side, and we'll be fine. You can do that based on game plan. But in this game where they did, they just didn't have corners to match up with CD, you can just line him up out there and let him go. And if they continue to do that, it's going to create – we've been looking for easy buttons for Dak Prescott for four years, it feels like. And if you just put CD Lamb one-on-one -on -one out there on the outside and let him work 
over a corner at this point in CD's career, that's going to be some pretty easy throws for Dak over the course of a game. And that's what happened. And the other part, the other thing they did was they added a ton of motion. Um, their highest motion rate of the year by far. Um, and I think they ran more plays with motion at the snap in this game than they had all year coming into the game, <laughs> uh, which is pretty crazy to think of in, in you know, in week eight. Um, but, you know, we saw the, depending on who you talk to, the exit motion or the cheat motion. We saw it with Jake Ferguson, which isn't quite as threatening as Debo Samuel or Tyreek Hill. But, you know, they're they're getting there, right, where he's running out at the snap away from the formation instead of across the formation. Or we saw jet motion at the at the snap. We saw all kinds of stuff happening at the snap to create these opportunities and these advantages. And if those two things keep going, I mean, we talk a lot about how, you know, if you're judging a quarterback play and you're looking at EPA per play, 0.30 EPA per play is about – that's MVP-level Pat Mahomes from the last couple of years. Dak was at 0.43 EPA per play this week against the Rams. So he was phenomenal in this game. And he – if you continue to give him those kinds of opportunities, he's going to – He's going to absolutely tear people up. And if you play, if you run that game plan out against San Francisco a couple of weeks ago, I think it's a different result. Yeah. And, and, and so that's what I wanted to touch on because everything you said is obviously true. I know you're, you know, you said, hey, you know, it's kind of, you could do that against that matchup. But, but the one thing, like they could have done that last week against the Chargers too, because the Chargers really don't, I mean, Adore, you know, um, Sante Samuel Jr. is a good corner, but he's more of, you know, a guy who's going to play in the slot, move around a little bit. But they could have done the same thing against the Chargers, and they really didn't. They could have done the same thing against the Cardinals. And they like, so like they've had these matchups where their offense has been kind of, you know, kicking itself all game. And then they, you know, hit a couple plays and win some of these games. But they haven't shown what they showed us last week against really any other opponent. And they've had the opportunity to, which makes me feel that in the motion uptick makes me feel. The, the CD land playing more of that X, getting those one-on-one looks, and then the motion uptick makes me feel like they went into the bye week and said, and again, this team really hasn't earned the benefit of our doubt yet to go, hey, they fixed things and we should feel happy about it. But I do feel like coming out of the bye week, the things that they showed and had the opportunity to show before the bye week but did not makes me go, okay, they made some adjustments, and this is probably adjustments they're going to stick with because – you just don't up your motion percentage by like five times what you were doing going into a game. You know, like it's, it's not like they ran it four times instead of zero times. They ran it. You you said it. I think they ran it more this week than they'd run it all year. So like some of that stuff makes me do feel confident that the changes that they made might be, you know, here to last here to stay and could be, you know, steps in the right direction for this offense, really figuring it out and getting going. Yeah. It's one of those that, you know, you talk about, bi-week changes and stuff like this. And Nate Tice talks about this on the athletic football show all the time is that a lot of times teams early in the year, they know who they think they want to be, but they don't know who they're actually going to be. And you go into a bi-week and you come out of it and it gives you the chance in the bi-week to figure out, okay, are we what we thought we were going to be as a team? Do we have, have we gotten the results we thought we were going to get out of what we're doing and what do we need to do to, what do we need to shift? What do we need to change 
in order to be better going out, coming out of the bye week and, and getting ready to roll to the rest of the year. And, you know, the maybe one of the best teams at that the last few years has been the Cincinnati Bengals. Like they'll go in through, they'll have one game play the first few weeks of the year and come out of the, they came out of their bye week last year and were almost exclusively a gun team. They right. ran out of the gun, they threw out of the gun because they had been very siloed. Everything when they under center was play action, everything uh, um, from the gun was drawback. back. So they just kind of scrapped the under, under center stuff and went pure gun. And they went on a huge tear throughout the uh, through the rest of the regular season and went pretty deep in the playoffs, right? The uh, so if that's the Cowboys situation this year, where they they thought, hey, we're going to be this super traditional West Coast, we're going to line up static, run our concepts, we're going to target the X receiver. We think Michael Gallup's going to be a lot better this year. We're going to target him a lot and we're going to create opportunities for CeeDee Lamb, and we think we're going to be able to run the ball really well. And they come out of the they come out of the first six, seven weeks of the year and go, well, we haven't been able to run the ball very well. Michael Gallup hasn't been very good, but CeeDee's been phenomenal. How, what do we do? How, how do we maximize what we do have? Okay, we'll shift CeeDee Lamb out to the X. The static stuff isn't working. We're not getting guys open. We're getting guys crowded in these places. Let's use some of this motion. Let's get guys moving to create confusion on the defense and give us a little man zone tell too, and see see what see if that fixes things. And I mean, the offense was phenomenal this week. Just like the running game still is what the running game is. That may just be what your running game is this year. Um, I think there there are still some changes they can make from a, a schematic standpoint to help there, and the motion and stuff will help as well. But overall, I mean, if you get offense like that the rest of the year, you're going to win a lot of games and you're going to have a chance to play at home in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's, like I said, like that, I guess that's my overarching theme is it just, like they could have won the game the same score. I mean, they've done it a few times this year. They've won big, you know, they beat these teams, but the offense was what it had been, you know, where it's like you're not scoring points, you know, you're moving the ball relatively well between the 20s, but, you know, then they get get in that, you know, red zone, gray zone, whatever you want to call it, and they, they can't really get the, the the ball into the end zone. But it's just it looked different, you know. And, again, they could go back to what we've been seeing against Philadelphia this coming up week, and, you know, we're screaming and scratching and fighting and what the hell happened. But, you know, like the just the way that they use CD – the way that they did target areas of the field a little bit more, they're kind of staying away from them. I and we had seen some of those seam throws, um, not of, not a lot of them had been connecting, you know, they'd been a couple drops, you know, a couple, couple bad throws, but, you know, they were targeting that ball a little bit more. They were targeting the, you know, the, the deep routes a little bit more. They ran Brandon cooks on the stutter go for his touchdown. You know, they hit CD up the left sideline. So it just, it felt like they were taking the, they were hitting the short, the intermediate and the deep this, this week, out of different personnel groupings, out of different play style, play calls, play styles, um, which is just something we hadn't seen. We had seen so much shallow and so much deep from a lot of static formations with Michael Gallup getting a big chunk of those targets because he was the X receiver, you know, and a lot of those, you know, in, in the three by ones we were talking about earlier, he was the guy that, you know, had the less coverage dictated his way. So he was getting a lot of those looks and the fact that they kind of went into it and I'm not saying scrapped, most of the game plan, but they did scrap a good chunk of it and seem to come out with different results. 
um, and different designs and different looks, I think is just a step in the right direction. And as you talked about, I mean, just the, the motion going up as much as it did itself. I think that's a, that's a big thing going forward because we've seen how much motion can stress defenses, leverage defenses to, to really just open things up for your guys, uh, different areas of the field. So I feel more confident about this offense at this point than I did going forward. And that's coming off a chargers week where I felt about as bad as I did about, I mean, we were on the show last week, just our whole topic was how can this offense get out of the gutter? And, you know, they did a lot of the things that we had talked about and, you know, obviously, you know, that that's stuff we want to see is them improving and them, you know, using some of these new age, you know, innovative ideas to get guys open and create separation and get the ball to your playmakers. And they did a lot of that. So I, I do want to get, I've, I've killed Mike McCarthy all year. I want to give him credit whatever they did over the bye week, as long as they stick to that, that same sort of game plan moving forward, I think it's going to, it's the results are definitely going to be beneficial. Um, so again, here's, here's my credit to Mike McCarthy. People say I never give him any credit, but there's my credit to him. And like I said, the way the offense played last week, I, I think that you can win a lot, as you said, you can win a lot of football games going forward with your offense playing like that and the defense playing the way it has been minus, you know, the, the San Francisco game really. So. Um, yeah. And, and the, who knows if this is what the offense will look like for the next, you know, nine weeks or whatever it is that they have left in the season. <clears throat> but if the offense was going to change and become the elite unit that the talent says that it has the chance to be, this is what the first step coming out of the bye week looks like. Now, now there will be another step against a way better team and a way better defense next week. We'll see if it, we'll see if they do the same thing then, or if they go into a shell because it's a better defense. If they go into a shell, now we're back in panic mode. Like, holy crap, this is just gonna we're gonna win twelve games and do nothing in the playoffs because they go into a shell against good teams. But hopefully, they come out and do the same thing. They'll move the ball up and down the field against Philadelphia because that's just what Dak does, and uh, and they'll win that game, and we will will feel a lot better about it. Let's get into that game. Um, I know that's the one that a lot of people have circled this week. Uh, 425, 325 for you, you, uh, central time zone folks. Um, this Sunday against Philadelphia in Philadelphia, um, gonna be, you know, another one of those measuring stick contests that we talked about. Um, obviously, you know, the, the trade deadline was, was yesterday and Philly didn't make a trade yesterday, but they, you know, went out and got Kevin Byard, uh, about a week ago at this point. No big player to add into their secondary. We saw San Francisco make multiple, um, you know, moves to to really to really get their team, you know, over the top over the last week or so. Everyone in the NFC playoff picture made some sort of trade yesterday to to add a player to their roster, except the Dallas Cowboys, and they're going to tell us that it's not fantasy football and that they did their their roster, you know, uh, their their roster plays earlier in the season with the Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks trade, and we give them credit for that, but uh. This is kind of that that first test coming out of the trade deadline, coming out of the bye week, where you really you really get to see if the changes you made, you know, and this isn't just a Cowboys topic, but the changes you made, the pieces you added, what you're going to be towards that second half of the season, um, and they're going to get you know get a chance to really, I guess, not necessarily take control of the NFC East because even if, with a win, they'll still be a game uh, a half a game behind Philadelphia due to the bye week, but if they can come out and give Philadelphia their second loss and have the same record, despite, you know, playing one less game uh, with the bye week, that would kind of give them the, uh, 
the control of the NFC East going forward for the next couple of weeks if they can keep winning. Um, so let's get into this game. Should be a good one. Um, I think the the first thing I want to touch on is the the injury report. You know, we know Tyron Smith did not play last week. Another late week addition to the injury report. Um, thought he was going to be able to go, did not go. Chuma Doga played uh, really rocky to start, but really figured it out kind of as the game you know progressed and he was able to get going. Obviously, he suffered an injury in the game late in the game. Um, still not sure the status of his injury. Um, sounds just more like a lower ankle sprain, which can be a you know one to two week injury. Can be something you're able to battle through, but the left tackle position for the Cowboys against this Eagles defensive front is the one thing I have circled kind of going into this week, and I'm going to pay close attention to. Um, would you agree there? Do you have something you're mo- more kind of focused on and circling? Yeah, I mean, I think the matchup in this game is always at the line of scrimmage between these two teams. Um, so, yeah, I think the the offensive and defensive lines on both sides are – among the top, you know, two or three in the league when they're all – when everybody's rolling. You know, the Cowboys' offensive line is probably a little lower, has played a little lower, especially, you know, as you talked about with Awesome Richards potentially being your left tackle here and stuff like that. Like, um, it's definitely – that's definitely where my attention goes in this game for sure is is in the trenches because of what the Eagles have on the offensive and defensive line and what the Cowboys, frankly, have on the defensive line and where their where their potential lies that we haven't quite seen manifest itself yet, but where their potential lies on the offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, like I do, you know, this is – I do want to give Adoga a lot of credit. We, we talked about him a lot this offseason, uh, you know, preseason, and then early in the season, you know, we both felt pretty confident that if he had to play, I think we both probably thought that it would be better from the interior if, you know, outside of playing tackle. Um, but I felt like the the two spot duties he's had this year, he's played relatively well. Um, obviously had a shaky start to the game last week, but was able to get it going, figure it out. Um, if he's not able to go, we get into that Asim Richards conversation, which Richards looked really well this off season, looked really well in camp, did a really good job in preseason. But I think you're, uh, you're looking at a big task for a, you know, rookie day three rookie to come in and, you know, play really well against this Eagles front in the game. You, you really need to go out there and try to win. Um, I do, I guess, I guess my question is, is how do you, where are you at? Do you think Tyron Smith, do you think Chumo Doga, one of those two guys, do you feel confident one of two, those two guys will be ready to play by Sunday? I think I'm talking myself into feeling confident about it because I don't, you know, awesome. Like you said, awesome. Richards looked great in the preseason. He looked like potentially your best backup offensive lineman. And he's been the guy who's played the least um, in the, in the regular season. Um, As you said, Chuma Adoga deserves a ton of credit because, you know, we, at some point this year, we're going to have to have a conversation about these Thursday practices that the Cowboys have that, um, (laughs) that just about every week a starting level player is coming is showing up on the injury report uh on Thursday afternoon who was not there on Thursday morning with a practice related injury <clears throat> one of which is a season ending inter- injury to your all pro cornerback um but i i think there's a pretty decent chance that Tyron Smith will play um, this week, I know he wanted to play against the Rams, 
Um, but the doctors kind of said, no, you're not quite ready yet. You're still having symptoms. You've got a really high chance of re-injury at this point. Cause I mean, he was, you know, 72 hours post stinger at that point. Like that's pretty, um, pretty sketchy territory for that still. But, um, I, I think there's a pretty good chance Tyron plays. I also think there's a pretty decent chance that they could just tape the crap out of Chuma Adoga's leg and he'd be okay to play on his ankle. But there was no point in him staying in that game against LA and, you know, making it worse or, or, you know, something like that. They could throw off some Richards in at the end of that game and feel fine. But, um, yeah, I think there's a pretty decent chance that we, um, that we see one of those two guys. Um, Although it will be very interesting to see what sort of protection game plan they come up with in a world where Awesome Richards does have to play left tackle against uh, against the guys that the Eagles can run out there on the edge. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um... Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like I said, I mean, we, we've touched on it for a few minutes now, but that that the, the line of scrimmage is going to be who wins this football game on both sides of the ball. I mean, the, the Eagles defensive line is, you know, right up there with the Cowboys defensive line. Obviously, I think you're going to give the, the edge to the Eagles offensive line or the Cowboys offensive line. So you need you need the Cowboys defensive line to outplay the Eagles defensive line in this matchup. You need them to, you know, go out and kind of kind of flex their muscles a little bit and really, really win this game. Um, I think, you know, I think that that's going to come down to it is, is if, is if as good as this Eagles offensive line is, if if you can get some big games, we've seen one of the few people don't think the guy can play whatever, but like DeMarcus Lawrence has really good games against Lane Johnson. He has pretty much his whole career. Um, if you can get a big game from DeMarcus Lawrence, a big game from Micah Parsons. Um, I think if you, you, one a point to one area you can win against the Eagles offense line. It's their interior. I mean, Jason Kelsey's obviously still a really, really good player, uh, but some of their younger interior players, I think are guys that you can, you can have some, some success against. Um, so an Osa Digizua win, you know, maybe lining Michael Parsons up over 
the the left or right guard and let him try to try to get some wins on that way. I think that you need your your you need the Cowboys defensive line to have their fair share of wins against an Eagles offense line that doesn't give up a lot of losses, but they need to go out and flex their muscles a little bit and um you know do some damage because this Eagles offense, like I said, is is as inconsistent as this Eagles offense has been this year. It's still one of those offenses that you know, Jalen Hurts is dealing with a knee injury. He's not really running the football as much, but they're able to run the ball a little bit with DeAndre Swift. If Jalen Hurts is a little healthier this week, you'll see him run it. But they are an explosive play machine waiting to happen with A.J. Brown, um, is, as well as this secondary play last week against the Rams. You know, I, I don't feel great about that matchup with Deron Bland and Jordan Lewis and Stephon Gilmore against Devontae Smith, um, you know, Julio Jones getting incorporated a little bit more, Dallas Goddard and A.J. Brown for my money, you know, who's who's working his way into the Tyreek Hill conversation. Um, but I think that the way you can kind of combat that explosive play waiting to happen is just by winning, is winning on your rushes, um, creating pressure because Jalen Hurts will bail out of bail out of clean pockets. He will bail out as soon as he senses pressure. And then a lot of those bailouts result in inaccurate throws and throwaways. And I think that that's kind of your recipe for winning on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's, these wide receivers are a tough matchup for what the Cowboys currently have at cornerback. Um, because, you know, the, the size and speed and athleticism combination that A.J. Brown possesses, um, Trayvon Diggs actually matches up very well with him just from a, a size and physicality and, and aggressiveness at the catch point and all that kind of stuff point. Um, Deron Bland and Stephon Gilmore don't necessarily match up with that as well. Um, and um, and so you kind of decide, you know, are, are we just going to play sides this week and whoever goes to whatever side, that's fine because neither of us are a, a great matchup for A.J. Brown. Uh, I feel like Deron Bland is a little bit better of a matchup for – uh, Devonta Smith than Stephon Gilmore is at this point in his career. So maybe they just say, okay, we're going to put Bland on Smith and then we'll cloud, uh, we'll cloud over the top of Gilmore with, on Brown. Um, and maybe they, I'm sure because they always, of course you will, they'll change the looks up and give them different things because if they give them the same thing over and over again, the, uh, the Eagles will find a way to, to attack it. But, um, Dallas Goddard hasn't really hurt this team in a big way over the past few years. You're going to need the safeties to play well because of the tight end and because they're going to have to help on the wide receivers. And just one of the things that Malik Hooker has been um, more apt to do this year is take a little bit of a, of a less than ideal angle on a play and wind up turning a big play into an, uh, a massive play. We saw it against Arizona. It happened against San Francisco, you know, stuff like that. Um, if if that happens this week, they're going to hit a, a bomb. They're going to hit a massive shot or two on you because that's what their offense kind of is. It's it's, it's kind of old school in the nature of like, hey, we're going to run, 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 and then we're going to hit a shot on you, and um, and we're going to be good enough at hitting those shots. We're going to hit enough of those that that we're going to be able to score enough to beat you, and we have a pretty good defense and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but you know, I was, was going to say this isn't Jalen Hurts slander because I think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, and a lot of people fight online all the time about you know how 
who's better and how bad one or the other is between him and Dak. Um, I do think Hertz is a you know quality starting quarterback in the NFL, but one thing I will say is that he's he's not the most accurate when throwing down the field. A lot of the times his ball his receivers are making some you know pretty crazy adjustments. I mean, we saw AJ Brown make two or three just nutty catches last week. So that's one of the one of the things that I'm sure they're talking about is just you know, being around the football because some of those those balls that they're catching one-handed or going behind the, you know, reaching behind themselves and one behind them, you know, like some of those balls are going to de- deflect up in the air. And I think you just got to have people in the area to, you know, you could you could get a pick or two that way just by the ball getting deflected in the air because of an inaccurate pass down the field. Um, so just, you know, that's one thing I when I was watching some Philly tape earlier in the week, you know, I was just like, man, like obviously they're, he- they're hitting those explosive plays, but a lot of them – is um, a lot of them is Jalen Hurts, you know, finding the open guy. A lot of times the guy's open, but it's not always a ball that's right there on the money. So being ready for those deflections and being ready to 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 get underneath one of those balls that does deflect up in the air, I think is a something this team needs to be ready to do this year because it's not always right on the money when it when it's coming out of Hurts' hands. Yeah, absolutely. They they've actually done a pretty good job against. The Eagles the last few years. Now, we didn't get the Dak versus Jalen Hurts matchup last year that I'm excited for us to get this year in terms of quarterbacks. Um, but they've done a pretty good job against this offense as a whole. Um, but again, that's with that's with Trayvon Diggs there to match up with A.J. Brown. That um, I really think that's that's a huge that this is probably the game where you miss Trayvon Diggs the most because of that one to one sort of matchup is that he's so difficult to match up against, and you just happen to have a big, long, physical corner who's extremely good at the catch point on deep balls, um, which is where they are winning a lot with A.J. Brown right now, um, that you would feel really good about that matchup, that you feel a little less good about going into the game without him. But you still have a really good defense. Uh, um, we've seen, you know, we saw them last week where they – lined up and isolated Micah Parsons on the center and the way that, you know, they lined up the defensive line super spread out and they put Micah, you know, quote unquote off the ball. He was standing up, you know, a yard off the ball and got a sort of running start two way go against a center. I think we see, and you said it earlier, I don't think we see that against the center this week because Travis Kelsey is really good. Uh, I think we see it against the guards. I think we see them put a nose on Travis Center or on Travis, uh, not Travis Kelsey, on <laughs> Jason Kelsey uh, and uh, Taylor's brother-in-law, not her boyfriend, um, <laughs> and uh, and put a they put a nose on Jason Kelsey, put a wide edge rusher on the tackle, and get Micah Parsons isolated on these guards. Now you've got to be careful doing stuff like that, giving Micah a two-way go in the A and B gap um, against. Jalen, because if he is healthy and Micah picks the wrong gap and the other uh, the other defensive linemen and linebackers don't make him right, um, you can wind up with some big lanes and some big runs in key situations, which you want to avoid in these games. But there will be opportunities on the interior for the pass rushers to win, um, and they're going to have to do it because they're going to have to keep Jalen from being able to get back in the pocket and sit and wait for AJ Brown to get 40 yards down the field. Yeah. That that that's if that happens, they don't have much of a chance. I'm not gonna lie to you. Cause just 
I mean, unless this offense just comes out and, you know, puts up another 40, you know, like they did last year against Gardner Minshew, you know, like you don't, I don't think you want to get in that tight. If your pass rush is not winning, I think that this team's just got too many weapons on the outside and they have no problem throwing the ball deep down the field. You know, even if it's covered, even if it's open, they're going to throw it down the field and watch AJ Brown go nuts because that's just what they do. They have to, they have to find a way to generate pressure. They have to find a way to consistently generate that pressure because that's when this Eagles offense just gets knocked off block. When, when you're able to give, give pressure from the inside or the outside, a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks deal with the outside pressure off the edge pretty well. Um, that's one thing that, like I said, I want to see Jalen Hurts make that next step as just a football fan, you know, to, to enjoy watching football. I want to see him make that next step as just feeling that pressure and then able to do something with it more. Because right now, as soon as he feels it, he bails out of pockets. He bails out of, you know, opportunities to step up and throw. He bails out. He runs out of, the, you know, out, out of whatever pressure package he's seeing. And a lot of times he's just throwing the football out of bounds. And that's just one thing that, you know, obviously is in the Cowboys' favor if they're able to generate pressure. But one thing he has to, you know, in order to take that next step and get into that tier that I think a lot of people think he has the ability and some people already put him into is he's got to be able to handle and deal and win against pressure more often. We've seen him do it some. Um, obviously, he had a big touchdown last week um, in the Thursday night, whenever they played the night game uh, last week, he hit he hit the touchdown to kind of seal the game. Um that week before last uh, with pressure in his face. So he can do it, but a lot of the times when that pressure is consistent and it's something that he's dealing with for most of the game, he kind of gets a little scared um, of it and he starts to bail quite early. So that's just, I think that's the key to the game. We, you, we mentioned it to start, but the, the line of scrimmage, if the cow, I'm not, I don't think that the Cowboys offense line is going to be able to dominate this Eagles front. I just don't think it's realistic to ask that, but I think if the Cowboys defensive line can put enough pressure and generate pressure consistently enough and maybe win that battle um, against the Eagles offensive line that I think it bodes well. Cause I, I think that the quarterback for the Cowboys can handle and deal with pressure a lot better than the quarterback for the Eagles right now. Yeah, I was going to say, if Dak plays at the level that Dak has played for the last two weeks, or the last two games, because I guess it's three weeks, if he plays at the level he played against the L.A. teams, against Philly, the Cowboys' offensive line can do enough against the Eagles' defensive line to keep them from wrecking the game, because Dak is playing at an insane level against pressure and stuff like that right now. If, if he doesn't play at that level there's a chance that there's some problems, especially on the edge, if you don't get Tyron Smith back, um, that that there's a chance that Terrence Steele and Chuma Adoga slash Awesome Richards have trouble with Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick and those guys, and that you wind up with some trouble. Uh, but the way he's handled pressure the last couple of weeks, the way um, the way that he's been able to play in and out of structure – um, if he's playing at that level, uh, the offensive line can neutralize Philadelphia's defensive line enough that they can play winning football on offense for sure. Yeah, and I, I'd said this on a show and on uh night before last. Um, you know, they were like, This is a good team. You know, we've seen that this this team really, you know, whether it's getting too amped up or what against good teams, and I was just like, Yeah, but I think this team has confidence playing against the Eagles. Um I don't yeah. know why. You know, like it, the Eagles are because they've kicked their butts every almost right, every time right. But I, I, it, like I understand yeah. the question because it's like when they put, face the 49ers, it's like they're terrified. Like come out all amped up and they miss throws and they 
you know, fumble the ball and they can't make tackles and they take bad angles. And it's like the Eagles and the 49ers like are in the same, you know, relatively same tier of team. Like, shoot, you could make the argument that the Eagles are better than the 49ers now after this three week skid, but it's like, whatever reason they have that mental confidence when they play the Eagles to go out and just play good football. What, you know, last game last year on Christmas, Christmas Eve, whenever it was like the defense didn't play well. And the offense was like, it's good. We'll still score 42 and win the game. It's all good. (laughs) Like they just don't have that against San Francisco for whatever reason. They, they just haven't found, it feels like they haven't found, you know, we're going to spend some time talking about San Francisco, you know, a few weeks later, but it feels like they just haven't quite found, their answer to San Francisco yet, but they feel like they're pretty comfortable in their answer, their answers against Philadelphia. And we'll see coming up this week if they, if that is, uh, if that is merited or not, at least in the year 2023. All right. Um, go ahead. Let's do our score predictions and we'll get out of here. What do you got for Sunday afternoon? Um, yeah, I, I think the Cowboys will win and I think it will be very close. I think this is a, I think this is the first time that play in these kind of close games will bite Philadelphia in the butt because I think this is the first time that they've played a a team that can play with them defensively. That can, you know, they played they beat Miami pretty pretty significantly earlier in the year uh, just by beating them up on the line of scrimmage and being more physical than them. I don't think they're going to be able to do that against the Cowboys the way that they could against a banged up offensive line for the, for the Dolphins and um, the, the relative weakness on defense that the, that the Dolphins have. So I think the Cowboys win. I'm going to say something like 27 to 24 and Brandon Aubrey is going to kick a field goal to win the game. I got it 28 to 24 Dallas um, for a lot of the same reasons you mentioned. This isn't me being biased. This isn't me being a homer. This is me looking at the Eagles the last seven, eight weeks, looking at the Cowboys the last seven, eight weeks, knowing that the Cowboys have had two stinkers of a game, but for the most part have played relatively good football out of that, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And then looking at the Eagles and going, they are seven and one. There's no discrediting them for doing that. I give them a lot of credit every week for winning games, but they aren't playing is consistently good football. They're squeaking by a lot of opponents. They probably shouldn't be squeaking by. Kind of gives you that Minnesota Vikings vibe from last year. And Minnesota was able to get in the playoffs and, and, you know, have a good year. But just even Eagles, you see Eagles fans and Eagles writers like, yeah, they're seven and one, but there's a lot of but there with that. And, you know, I think that they, they, they were able to beat a good Miami team the other week. I know Miami had some offense line injuries, and I know that the question surrounding Miami right now is that their defense is, you know, is their defense going to be able to do enough to be able to, you know, pick up that offense when it's not clicking on all cylinders? I think you figured out a couple weeks ago against Philadelphia. They are not, but um, I think this Cowboys defense has kind of found its rhythm a little bit. Um, I think this Cowboys offense is obviously finding some of its rhythm coming off of the bye week. So, I, you know, I got the Cowboys winning this one 28 uh, 24. Um, and yeah, I feel, like I said, I feel pretty confident about this team right now. Again, a lot can change. They haven't really earned our trust yet. You know, they haven't earned the benefit of the doubt, so they can come out this week, you know, play a little tight, look like they did against, you know, Arizona and we're back to square one. So let's hope that doesn't happen. But I think that we both feel pretty confident and both feel pretty similar about how this matchup's going to go. Um, we'll see what happens though. 425, 325 for the central time zone Sunday uh, Cowboys at Philadelphia. And like I said, that's kind of the, the this game that a lot of people have circled. It's going to be the, 
the Kings of the East until pretty much they see each other again at this point. So it'd be great to get your foot in that door and kind of knock uh, Philadelphia off the throne that they've been riding since last season. Um, there's no really denying that they were, they were the the team to beat last year and they're the team to beat against this year. So go, go into Philadelphia and beat them and knock them off the crown. And it's going to feel going to feel pretty good, but we'll be back next week to talk about it one way or the other. We thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you're following all the other shows and podcasts on the blogging, the boys podcast network. We thank you so much for the support. Thank you so much for listening. We are talking. Stuff.